Hi, this is your mind ranting. And today is the 28th of June, 2022. So I went off on a little rant on uh, gun control and gun safety um, on Twitter and on my last newsletter um, on Substack. So that might turn out pretty well. I decided to rip both hardcore gun conservatives and very progressive liberals because, well, both their solutions are just whack. I, for one, don't like the idea of arming teachers. So teachers already have some of the most stressful, some of the most stressful jobs in the country or in the world, really. At times, they've been even glorified babysitters. Apparently, there's a teaching shortage. So the current teachers that are employed, not only do they have to contend with, I hate to say it, some obnoxious children because, well, we kids can be assholes. Oh, we kid. Well, I was a kid a few years back. But, you know, kids could be jerks. The curriculum is subpar. It's, I mean, it's a county or a school district standard. Um, there's almost little to no creativity. Most of the subjects uh, that are being taught, a good chunk of them serve barely any life purpose. I'm not going to lie. I think only two classes out of my... Um, out of my high school curriculum where I felt like I got something out of it. And you'll probably trip out on this. Um, choir practice or, you know, being in the chorus practice um, as an elective. That was uh, quite fun. But what it did teach me was the um, the importance of practice and the importance of holding yourself accountable if you're off key or if you come in too late or you're just not you know sounding sounding well meshed with the rest of your um classmates and the second class was more so a creative writing class or film criticism um, a lot of the writing we did was based on movies, so it was kind of a chill class, but it was considered an English class. Um, it helped me pay attention to small details and to um, subtle changes in character dynamics. And it helped me read people just a little bit more than I was expecting. It was an English class, and I had fun. Outside of that, my science classes, my math classes didn't really resonate with me. I suck at math and math was never really made fun for me. So where I was going with this is, as you can see, and it could be that, you know, there are people who did enjoy certain classes, but unless you're really into elementary statistics, psychology statistics, um, using um, complex uh, trigonometry and various other maths in your everyday occupation 
There's not a lot to do unless you're a teacher or a scientist of some sort. And even then, I think that's, that's it's very minuscule. Despite all that, majority of us aren't going to ever fucking use it. We forget it. We're just constantly beat down in order to uh, take in all this information. So if you're like me, as you can see, we don't remember much of that yet. This is what we're fed. Not to mention the meager wages that um, teachers end up making. It's appalling to see on Twitter um, what the average teacher salary is with a master's degree. And I uh, saw so on average, it's about 57830 according to a couple of sources. Which is about $11,490 more than teachers who have a bachelor's degree. I mean, guys... They push college so fucking much. And if this is the wages that teachers are blessed with, with just a master's degree and then just the buttload of work, most likely their certifications they have to get that might come out of pocket. Not to mention they have to continuously be on top of learning. And trust me, I love lifelong learning. Um, but for such a meager wage, especially if you have a family of four, I mean... Good God. So where am I getting with all this and why I wanted to bring this up to begin with? I don't need these stressed out teachers, these burnt out teachers to be armed. Okay. I've heard people making suggestions that we should arm students. And there have been a couple of instances, even on local television, where they do have these parents no sorry not parents they have these teachers bringing up that they carry firearms obviously concealed carry and hey that's good for them i feel like if they've received the training and the stress the stress training by the way because just you know going to the range and shooting your gun with groupings um, from 7 to 10 yards, that's all fine and dandy. But the problem is a silhouette target isn't shooting back at you. And 7 yards is pretty, pretty close, guys. Um, that's like 21 feet. Um, I think if my memory serves me correct, let me see if I could look this up real quick. What is it? The average firefight distance. Yeah, I'm going to... Using my laptop to pull this up. I'm trying to be smart. Yeah, so look. So, three feet. It could be up to three feet. I mean, as little as three feet. Three yards or less. So, 20, 20 to 21 feet. You know, that's the average distance of a typical gunfight. Um, that's really close guys. That's not, that's maybe two cars length that you're having to dip. You're trying to dodge. You're trying to evade fast firearm, uh, projectiles. Okay. I don't think many 
people who say that they're um, qualified to shoot firearms um, have that kind of training. In the military, if you're an infantryman or a woman, you go through that training. Now, that kind of training is possible in the civilian world, but it's going to cost a pretty penny. I don't think teachers have that extra 600, 700 bucks lying around so that they can train with their firearms in such an adverse way. It just it doesn't make sense. So who is to say that the teacher armed with, let's just say, a Springfield Hellcat or a SIG P365 micro-compact 9mm pistols, which they're very nice, they shoot smooth. Who's to say that those people, without the proper training to handle their firearm, to correctly carry conceal their, their concealed weapon, to be able to shoot accurately, and to also understand the laws of a firearms engagement in the civilian world. Because um, who's to say that the, the person turns around and starts running away because they saw a teacher with a gun in their hands and the teacher decides to shoot them in the back? Well, depending on what state you're in, that might be considered you know, a crime on your end. So there you are being the bad, uh, being the good guy and the law now considers you to be the bad guy. So, no, I sure as hell don't believe that that teachers need to be armed. Armed staff, I, I can't believe that's even a thing. Armed staff are there for a particular reason. That's hopefully that's what they're trained for to be handling stressful situations and that they're continuously training, just as many of us should be continuously training on uh, continuing our self education. So that was a lot to unpack. A lot I wanted to touch on. A little bit more than I wanted to touch on, but yeah. These are very interesting and honest conversations we should definitely be having. What I really wanted to talk about was um, some sort of, uh, I guess, craze or a little rabbit hole that I've been getting into. Switching from one dark topic to one slightly less dark, but it's still up there. And that... Ladies and gentlemen, has to do with psychopathy, you know, antisocial behavior, conduct disorder, um, cluster B disorders, unemotional traits, the various treatments that come along with uh, being diagnosed with antisocial personality disorder. Or, um, multiple personality disorder. I've been watching way too many documentaries um, to try to wrap my head around the whole idea of, you know, the nature versus nurture kind of deal. I, 
on why psychopaths or well why those suffering from you know neuropsychiatric disorders um how they become who they become and why only you know some of them end up killing some of them are high functioning um psychopaths what's the difference between a sociopath and a psychopath usually sociopaths are a little bit more guilty in a way in in the in the shortest description between the difference of the two um they tend to be a little bit more guilty about what they do not necessarily because uh the people that um not because they got caught or that or no it's usually because they got caught it's not because they um feel very little remorse as opposed to a psychopath you can literally slap them with a ticket and they'll just look at you like yeah okay whatever i heard that description from dr romany um brilliant brilliant uh clinical psychologist so needless to say i've been digging in way too much into that i've read kent keel's book on uh the psychopath i think it was a psychopath inside I might be mistaking it with James Fallon. Anyways, so I've been reading a little bit more about that and watching it. And I got to tell you, it is a very interesting topic. So psychopathy, if I can give you the um, scientific definition, or at least Dr. Keel's um, abstract from this paper. And I'll probably link this paper too. It's a very lengthy paper, but um, I liked reading about it. So, psychopathy is a neuropsychiatric disorder marked with deficient emotional responses, lack of empathy, and poor behavioral controls, commonly resulting in persistent antisocial deviancy and criminal behavior. Now, I wasn't doing criminal behavior, but I was a little bit antisocial. I'm sure people might be uh, considering emos if that's even a thing still, or outsiders to give out these sociopath or these psychopath binds. But, you know, unless it's determined by a clinical psychologist, and if that clinical psychologist runs the uh, hair checklist, I'm sure they have uh, something a little bit more revised now. And then, you know, they go through a neuroimaging session or two. Um, not really the best way to determine uh, what a psychopath really looks like. And another thing, ladies and gentlemen, please don't think that uh, people like Dexter exist or um, what's another psychopath? That guy from Blacklist. I, I can't remember who the hell he was. Um, many many people would consider guys like that to be psychopaths. Um, I don't think that's necessarily true. I, I I think, what did they say? I think it's like 1% of the entire world's population has uh, psychopathy or uh, traits of psychopathy or antisocial personality disorder um, or anything of along those lines. But they said a majority of people in prison do have it, but it's not a lot of people in prison. Um, well, depending in what country you're in. Um, so... A little bit about the uh, psychopathy when you kind of look into it. It's uh, quite scary. And then you think to yourself, man, do I have a family member who 
can be categorized or can be uh, can fit into this uh, psychopathy um, cate- well, category, basically. Jesus, I couldn't come up with a word for it. <laughs> uh, psychopathy is a disorder characterized in part by shallow emotional responses, lack of empathy, impulsivity, and increased likelihood of antisocial personality or antisocial behavior. I would say I'm quite impulsive on things. I'm quite impulsive on putting these episodes together. I'm quite impulsive on just, you know, saying what I want to say. And, you know, but I'm very patient when it comes to hearing out criticism. I sit there and I can admit that I'm wrong. I might fight back a little bit because <laughs> I'm one stubborn ass person, but I can I can say that I'm okay with being wrong. Um, psychopaths are responsible for an inordinate proportion of crime committed and their cunning, manipulative, interpersonal style typically. And their cunning, conning? C O double N I N G, conning. Manipulative, interpersonal style typically has a broad, destructive impact on the individual's work life and relationships see it's funny that i touched on that and i saw in a forbes article which i can pull that up right now what jobs are quite attractive to psychopaths and apparently being a lawyer being a ceo being in media being a salesperson or a surgeon or a journalist, police officer, clergy person, chef, or civil servant. See, here's a couple that scare the shit out of me. That I believe psychopaths should not be anywhere near. Um, for one, police officer. Um, that's quite scary. Because they have power to serve the community. And by serving the community, I mean sometimes they push a little too hard in terms of what they can and can't do. And I'm not just saying this towards minorities. I'm just saying in general that there have been countless, countless videos of police officers on their high horse uh, just displaying this oozing amount of power. And, you know... It's quite sad. So, um, not sure how we can purge those people. Not not literally like kill them, but like let's try to like dumb down the amount of uh, people with psychopathy in that field. A chef, I can see that. Yeah, chefs have to be cutthroat. Gordon Ramsay, I'm sure he has a nice side to himself. I don't think he's a psychopath or a social. Definitely not a sociopath. That man understands um that he can make mistakes and he's always learning and he has a soft side i mean the man's got like 30 fucking thousand shows you cannot be that successful as a chef and you know not make friends and make some enemies along the way so i would say that i guess i can see how chefs could fall in line in that mind you 
police officers uh, apparently number seven and uh chef is number nine in the top 10 jobs that a psychopath would be attracted to lawyer i can see that you have to be cutthroat definitely you definitely have to be cutthroat for that especially depending on your uh, type of practice whether that's uh civil law or whether that's divorce or family court family court especially i think might be a little bit you have to be a little bit more sympathetic not to the parents or anything of that sort but for the children so you might have nicer people you know working with families but everything else i'm sure there's a handful of cutthroat people there's a youtube video of a lawyer from la um and it's quite interesting and yet quite disturbing from an outsider's perspective on you know this person's demeanor the tone of her voice emotions in her hands uh, the inability to even lock on eyes um and then she just has like this almost like a curled smile that video i'll definitely have to link in the description when i get a chance um yeah it's quite unnerving to watch something like that so you know psychopath uh psychopathy is sometimes considered a developmental disorder um children cannot be um given the diagnosis of anti-personality disorder, I think they have to be given, um, the, um, I think Dr. Romney had mentioned in a, in one of her YouTube videos that, um, a teenager or a child has to be, has to be diagnosed with, uh, oppositional defiant disorder, uh, which can be considered a, uh, stepping stone for, um, you know, these uh, anti-social, uh, anti-personality, social disorder. Um, so, yeah, even though children can sometimes act like jerks or you are, you know, you call them like little sociopaths or you call them little psychopaths because of who they are, you have to kind of let go of that because a good chunk of us aren't, you know, aren't a psychologist or a psychiatrist to um to determine these kind of things um or if you're a neuroscientist you can definitely scan brains i don't think you can clinically diagnose anybody but you can definitely understand the wirings of a brain um but it is very important for children at a very young age, if they're displaying these kind of behaviors, maybe just, I think I've heard that you can basically train this. You can uh, uh, train out these um, uncallous feelings or these uh, unemotional uh, states of mind. If you catch it at a very young age, it's kind of like, you know, dramatic events dr bruce perry had mentioned that you know most children um who thrive in a traumatic uh experience only really do so when they are 
loved within the first few months of their life and then the rest of the years can be god awful as opposed to hey the first few months of their life can be completely terrible they could be neglected by their mother and their father and then you know from that point on they'll just shut down and no amount of love or care might be able to break them out that's what he had mentioned there's a handful of cases in in his books that he has mentioned along those lines um so quite sad and we go through this paper just a little bit more we got neuroimaging and psychopathy um talks about the various important parts of the brain um that account for abnormalities so you know the prefrontal cortex is quite affected so there seems to be you know some some results of severe or persistent deficiency uh deficits in decision making uh emotional volatility social maladjustment throughout the lifespan we have our amygdala which is our stimulus reinforcement where our stimulus reinforcement associations lie our controlled fear responses um you know that sort of stuff um that is definitely affected i think if i remember it's either a little bit smaller or a little bit bigger in uh, those suffering from um antipersonality social disorder um antisocial personality disorder sorry so definitely something quite interesting paralimbic and additional structures are affected the anterior portions of the temporal cortex have been associated with complex social emotional processing those can be damaged or there could be little to no um gray matter found in those uh regions another section you know singular cortex as well so it's just a matter of you know you can definitely see the reduced activity in a brain i definitely would love to step into a um into a lab just to look at brain scans and just have neuroscientists talk my ear out um this stuff is very interesting i like i said i just barely scratched the surface of this maybe like half a year ago or so really i know i may have mentioned that i i was interested in this i would say like a year ago or so but i really really got into this kind of stuff just you know fairly recently especially with the large amount of books that i've been reading then i am still trying to reread because uh they were quite difficult to go go through the first time around so i'm going through it again just to you know just get through this let me finish off with this bit um like i said let me go ahead and link the paper um on the description of this podcast episode definitely take a look at it you'll probably understand it just a little bit more than i do than than i would uh, because well god knows i'm all over the place at times so definitely would recommend you guys take a look at it read it and 
yeah, we'll take it from there. So here, let me read this little last section. If we are to respond appropriately to the mounting evidence which shows that psychopathy is accompanied by structural and functional deficits in the brain, it requires adopting alternative strategies more focused on promoting adaptive reorganization of the functional circuits that allow for more successful social adjustment. Furthermore, it is clear that such strategies are most successful in a younger population in which, for, which greater neuroplasticity may support these efforts. As such, these efforts might mirror successful interventions in TBI in youth for which strategies for which strategies integrating positive behavioral reinforcement and the deliberate aid of those in perpetual contact with the with the child have yielded particularly beneficial outcomes. A proper assessment of the efficacy of this technique would however require focused longitudinal longitudinal studies documenting adaptive changes in brain circuitry using functional imaging techniques, fMRI. If such techniques are demonstrated to be successful, it would help confirm developmental flexibility in the outcomes of this disorder and provide a more optimistic outlook for those who are neuropsychologically impaired and their ability to acquire key social implements such as consciousness, empathy, and moral reasoning. Um, so a good sized little paper. And before I push this podcast any longer than it needs to be, um, definitely read out, uh, read this uh, paper. It's titled Psychopathy, Developmental Perspectives and Their Implications of Treatment by Nathaniel Anderson and Kent Keel. So just be sure, guys, let me give you a couple of tips. Don't piss off your lawyers. Don't piss off the policeman and don't piss off the chef because they might be a little local. They're definitely crazy. So, yeah. All right, guys, that's all there is to it. Um, apologies for the mini rant in the beginning. I want to try to steer away from this whole you know gun rights conversation well not necessarily steer away from it but I don't want it to be my most passionate of rants or my most gripping of rants but I just I just got irked I just got bothered by the fact that people think that it's okay to arm teachers um just you know the the police response in Uvalde brought up the the that conversation or you know the fact that the armed staff on hand um didn't display the courage or didn't display the the uh the courage yeah basically to go in there and try to uh stop the um dead bastard so not much more i can say about that okay I'll catch you guys on the next one. Take care.